welcome everybody to episode 11 of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DiCarlo. This is a confirmed episode 11. For sure. Yes. I'm for Andrew. sure. I had a go start. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm Andrew Trumbull, and uh, this could be a good one today. Good discussion point, good topics. Uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. We've uh we've been bounced some ideas off the top of our, you know, top of our heads the last couple of days and uh just kind of seeing where everything was at and uh seeing how things have been going. But uh what's been going on in your world? I've been seeing a lot of stuff about the Wolves lately on uh Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, so our 16s are going to Nationals and then our EHL EHL team was eliminated from the playoffs from tough really tough series. Um some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. In my life, but you know that it, it 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 is what it is. It's tough to win those types of series. But EHLP team won today. They lost game one, rebounded in game two and game three, and now they're headed on to the North Division Finals. So that's nice. a definite bright spot. How about yourself, Trevor? Uh yeah. So this uh, let's see. Last week we had one day of evaluations for uh, the 2014s that I'll have for the spring and. Pretty simple, and then outside of that, uh, got out of town. Um, it was much before my my old man passed away, so just decided to take a little bit of time. Went with family, uh, dropped my cousin off at the U- University of Minnesota, and actually got to watch uh, the Gophers. I sent you that video. The Gophers played yeah. Michigan State for the uh, Big Ten semifinals, and it uh, did not. Real. Yeah, it didn't start off very great for the Gophers first ten minutes, but then after that, they just they dominated. I mean, Logan Cooley is unreal. Uh, Matthew, I think it's what is it, Nice or I can never say it right, but I think it's like a silent K. The Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick, yeah. uh, Knaz, maybe I think. Um, I mean, just that whole line, and then Snuggard from uh, St. Louis. It was a phenomenal game. I really enjoyed it. It was great. The whole uh, Mariucci Arena was packed uh, to the brim. So great atmosphere. Everything you're looking for from a uh, college hockey. So that's a cool. You know, like you got those big, big uh, arenas out in the Midwest. Those, you know, the Michigans and the Minnesotas, and even you know, Notre Dame's got a cool, cool barn. Out in the East here, it's a little bit different. You know, you have some of those ECAC schools which have really old ranks, like. St. Lawrence has a really cool old rink. Vermont has a really cool old rink. Gutterson Fieldhouse. I think Princeton, which I used to go to a lot of those games with my dad as a kid, uh, they have a really cool old like Ivy League rink. But then your Hockey East rinks are all like basically NHL, smaller NHL arenas. What's it like some of the, those schools out in the Midwest? I've never never been on those campuses. So, I mean, uh, I got Mariucci. It's, uh, I believe it's an older stadium, but I mean, they've upgraded it. I've been to Yoast um, a couple of times to see, actually, to coach in tournaments. We've been, you know, they usually give like one game when you go out there. To, uh, so that was kind of cool. That was a, it's got a little bit of an older field, but they've up, updated a lot of them. So, like, seating capacity, you know, I mean, it's probably like five, 6,000. So, I mean, yeah. they are smaller arenas, but. Um, you know, here in Illinois, we don't have any D1 programs, unfortunately, so we don't really have much uh, to compare it to. Um, i trying to think where else out here. But they got to have the fighting Illini. Got to have. They've been pushing for it's it. It's got to happen, right? They just need somebody to come in and basically, buy, you know, build build an arena. And you don't even need an arena, to be honest. I mean, they've got they've already got their old barn that they play in that has like no corners, but <laughs> they need boosters is really what it is. They need the funding, and I know um, they've tried. They've been uh, they were really pushing, and everybody thought they were going to get it. Like they were right on the cusp, and then all of a sudden, I haven't heard anything about it. So, no idea why the fighting line. I don't have a team outside of the money aspect. Well, that's um, what happened to Penn State, right? Like Penn State was Division ACHA Division One for. You know, thirty years, and then they got you know the Pagulas, right? They, they, yep. you know, the Buffalo Bills owners. They, uh, I, I don't know what Sabres, it was. Yeah. You know, it's crazy amount of money, and now they have the state of the art facility, and they're right at the, uh, you know, the the top of the the, the Big Ten, right? So yeah, uh, I mean, even the Illini were always like for the longest time they were a top. I want to say like a top ten team in the ACHA uh, Division One. So, um. I mean, they had they had it, and like they were right there on the cusp, and everybody was thought they were about to make a big announcement. But 
again, you you need one. You need some of those money, uh, some of those big time spenders to come build the, you know, whatever it is takes. And then, so who's the most, who's the most uh, notable alumni for uh, Illinois? Uh, alumni, I mean, you, you know? have to go Ugh, Chelios, probably. He didn't go. He went to Wisconsin, didn't he? I mean, to play in Illinois, like to, that went to, oh, are you talking about University of Illinois? Yeah, God, like he's I like a big, like, like, you know, a hedge fund guy or like uh, Steve Jacob, Steve Jobs or somebody, you know, like. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I thought you were talking about like hockey players. I mean, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. I'm going to uh, Google I'm sure, this. I'm going to Google I mean, it. You, you might as well, but, uh, I couldn't even tell. I'm not, I, Famous I, it, alumni, University. It's Illinois. gonna be an engineer. I'm, I'm, that's a, that's what you know for the big school for engineering. Engineering's a big school there. Yeah, I mean you even you even got you know Nick Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> He'll donate all this money. Susie, he's made in those Susie movies. Susie, like the TV show lady, right? Okay, yeah, that's two of them. Nick Offerman. And you have. Uh, Jack Welch, that's he was the CEO of was it Chrysler? That's so how much he's got money. He's got money. He's a uh, Shell Silverstein, remember that wrote the book? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Michelle, yeah, Silverstein, the, uh, the, the Giving Tree. Yeah, come on, you wrote, you wrote about the the tree that gives. That's right. So now you have to give back. That's right. Uh, Dan Fogelberg, the the, art, the the songwriter for the worst Christmas song ever. My wife and I always kid around with that. With uh, is is it the Mariah Carey version? No, no, it's that it's a Christmas <laughs> song. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, uh, oh, it'll come to me. It's the worst Christmas song you could ever imagine. <laughs> he wrote that. So there's there's some big names, but not like Jerry Orbach, another guy. Actually. No, yeah, yeah. You don't got like a Jobs or a you know yeah, Bill Gates. You know. Yeah, nothing like that. No, unfortunately, they all chose different. Actually, they all dropped out of college, anyways. Yeah, but, that's uh, true too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nothing from Illinois right now. But um, no, I mean, really, outside of that, uh, it's been pretty quiet on the the, f- the front for here for us. Uh, the only thing that uh, has got me riled up, as you've seen on Twitter, is uh, Illinois is now going to be doing nine uh, U and eight U. Triple A hockey, so tier one, and it's rumored that they're going to also be doing eight U or sorry, yeah, it will be eight U. Basically, might hockey through AAU at the tier one level. Wow, which to me is just completely asinine because why the parent? It's so frustrating because you're going to be paying so much money. For your kid who's a mite or a squirt to be, you know, training and doing this and that. And again, I don't know the coaches. I know some of them. I know who some of them are. You know, again, nothing. They're coaches. Um, Some are better than others. But we're talking about kids that are like, I mean, they can't even do multiplication tables yet. Or they're they're learning to, I mean, whatever the common core math is. I don't know how to do that stuff there anyways. But, yeah. <laughs> but... Why are we? Why are you paying that type of money? Why are we putting these elite labels on kids? You know, going back to the la- you know last episode that we had, where we were talking about you know putting elite names on these kids, you know teams and stuff. Yeah. Why? Th- those kids, I can guarantee you that that roster will flip almost probably seventy five percent over by the time they're midgets, by the time they're sixteen. You because. Just kids develop differently. For sure. And it's, you know, and I know that kind of leads it a little bit into what you wanted to, you know, today's com- you know conversation about uh, just tryouts. It's tryout season right now. Yeah, I would say that, you know, with, with regards to like, you know, labeling things at that early in age level, um, I think the biggest, this is even the scariest thing that parents don't always consider when they see, when they watch their kid play and they're like, well, he needs to work on his skating. He needs to work on his puck skills. You know, some of it might just be absolute burnout. And it, like that, that's your biggest enemy. You know, my son, Baron, like, uh, you know, last month of the season, you know, he looks like he's not working hard out there because he's not. He's like, I love hockey. He does. And, but he needs a break. He needs a break. And he can't be doing it from September to February and expect them to going to do another spring. And then you're going to do it all in the summer, go to camps. 
it's like kids just need a break to be kids and uh, they need to play other sports and they need to be involved and meet new friends. And it's like, you know, I think that's the one thing that they're overlooking completely is like, yeah, this might look good on paper. Um, but are you considering all the other things that go into being an eight-year-old? And again, I 100% agree. I've always been of the mind of, yeah, you should be doing other sports or don't even, and even it doesn't have to be sports. It can be something just different, whether it's playing an instrument or, For sure. you know, you know, obviously stay away from, the, you know, they'll play their video games and stuff, but go outside and be a kid, play with the neighbors you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we're not encouraging you. Like, oh, my kid, you know, he's really getting into heroin. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> no, like, it's not one of the things. It's yeah. not like, well, you know, he's just really got a good group of friends. They smoke weed every day. That's awesome. Right. No, that's no. not, yeah, that's not what we're pushing. But let a kid be a kid, you know, and this whole, again, it just, the whole, oh, let's do tier one at this level, you know, to me, it's a money grab. That, and again, it's it's the labels as we've said before, and as you just said, you know, kids get burned out. I mean, the seasons are long enough as it is, shorten them, you know. And again, why are we putting labels on kids who literally probably just two years prior just learned how to skate? Why are we putting them in those groups? You know, let them, you know, you you're gonna get your players at the tier one level. You will get your players, no doubt about it. Why are you trying to take them earlier? Oh. Well, the reason you're taking them earlier is so that you can collect that check. So you can collect that money and maybe develop one or two that'll stay with you through the course of a lifetime. But you and I both know that little Jimmy that's playing tier two hockey, hell, little Mikey that's playing tier three house hockey at eight years old could easily jump one of, you know, the killed those tier one kids within three or four years. We know that. But, but what's up again? What is the point? What is... What is the point of taking these kids and doing this? All it's doing is it's shrinking the pool for these tier two clubs, the tier three clubs who do, who are focused on development. And again, I could be sitting here, you know, throwing, you know, glass or throwing stones at glass houses or, you know, in my glass house here. Um, and I don't live in a glass house, but you know, it's like, well, it's taking money away from them, but it's not like we have a packing order. We've got a system. Why do we have to break it down? And, Again, that's just, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's different. Uh, maybe it's the same. I don't know what you guys do on the East Coast with that, if they have that at that levels. But to me, it's asinine. It's stupid. And no, again, I, I would gladly discuss this with anyone who wants to from Illinois hockey in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I would just say that um, I agree with you in, in, in concept and principle. I think that most parents, you know, they look at their kids and the kids see a sick New Jersey's or playing with their friends and they're like, oh, well, I really want that. And and then the kid, you know, the parents are like, I want to invest in my kids. So they like, you know, they're like willing to pay that because they're investing in their kids. And what looks good on paper might uh, be the thing you want to invest in, right? But inevitably, I think you have to look at your kid and evaluate your kid. What is right for your kid over the long term? And sometimes it takes a little bit of restraint. Um, my son, Baron, was playing town hockey uh, last year. This year he went to a different program. We didn't choose that that new program, the Seco Spartan, based upon like an increased level of play per se. We chose it because of the structure of the practices, because of the coaches. We chose it because um, there wouldn't be a, a lot of that. Uh, there were some discipline issues on his town team that really weren't addressed. Um, and now he goes to a team with, that's really structured and doesn't tolerate those kind of discipline issues. And now he's able to make friends and have a different ex experience. So the, the, and yeah, he played in a different league that was called what they call the, the elite nine out here in, in the East coast. Uh, but I didn't choose that program based upon who they're playing or the level of competition. I chose it for the, the structure of the program, the quality of the practices and the lack of drama. <laughs> I didn't want any drama with, you know, there was a, you know, kids in last year on the ice who were like, you had to babysit them. And there was no babysitting because the kids, they're paying a little bit more money, but they're also like, if you, if, if you're not part of the, the team and if you're not, if you're creating that drama, well, then here's your check back. And that's, that's the kind of program I want to be involved in where there's a level of accountability uh, that you're involved in. And that was, that was a good eye opening experience this year. And, we, and Bear's going back next year. And it's, it has nothing to do at all with, um, any kind of he it could be 
It could be single A. I, I would still go back. It could be 12 A's. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't right. care. It does not matter. It's just about, about the structure of the program. Yeah. And again, for me out here, out here, it's, it's everybody, you know, just that Midwest man mentality of like, Oh, we got to be the, do the best, got to be the best, always working, always doing this and that. So that's what it is. I mean, it's everybody chasing, you know, those letters, those, you know, triple letters, those, those, uh, you know, the patches, whatever the team is. And it's unfortunate because I've seen quality kids who, as I've said before, you know, go to other programs that they could have been playing, you know, out here on our tier, tier two team, our double A team. They could have been playing there, but they went somewhere else that had, you know, the little bit, they were in the higher double A bracket, hoping they'd make it there and they get knocked down the A. And it's like, you could have just stayed here and played for us. And in my opinion, you know, you've got quality coaches and quality program, this and that. And again, that's up to anyone's interpretation, but you know, you could have had all that and you could have played with quality players that are like you, but instead you're getting knocked down a peg, you know? So it's like you, you try to take a step forward you took two steps back. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. But, um, you know, well, my do. turn to try. Oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> no, they do call it silly season out here. And well, you know, it is that, that, that time of the year. And, and you know, tryouts are a, a big thing. Um, Trevor, Damn, what, you know. Segwaying skills are so good. <laughs> I tried. I it's, it's all good. We, you know, this is, this is episode 11. But by the time we get to episode 22, it is going to be a well-oiled machine. This is why you get paid the big bucks here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, but go ahead. Sorry. Now the the tryout. So it, you know, if you could give advice, you could give one piece of advice to a kid, but then you could also give that a different piece of advice to a parent. What advice would you give to each of those parents or each of those individuals? The kid, how they can perform all the tryouts, and the parent, what they should be evaluating about the organization of the tryout. You want to go first or want me to go first? Uh, you know, I mean, usually when you throw something out, it's usually me going first. So I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, with, with tryouts for kids, I would just say um, treat every shift like it's an important shift. And some of the younger kids don't always get that. But, you know, they, they go out there sometimes and they think they uh, want a hot dog a play or they want to do something unique or different. But just play your game and try your best. That's the best I can say. And then let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, the evaluation that somebody else gives you isn't always um, the end of the road or isn't always, you know, set in stone. You can change people's impressions at tryouts and you can change people's impressions over the course of the year. So just go out there, give your best, and, and, and try to make every shift matter. Make yourself get noticed each shift. For a parent, I would say that the um, advice I give them is just what I said before. Really evaluate the program. Uh, and what the program can can provide, what kind of um, opportunity they can provide, what kind of structure they can provide for your kid, rather than focusing on, like you said, letters or sick jerseys or different equipment. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. Um, you know, for a kid that you know spent a lot of his life in his younger years uh, with a lot of secondhand stuff, it doesn't matter. It's about you, you know, you finding a love and a passion for the game, getting with like-minded people and trying your best and then having some fun and enjoyment in the game. That's the most important thing. What do you think, Trevor? So, so I think, uh, you know, again, we're, if we're talking about the younger, I think at the younger age groups, you know, tryout wise, I, my, my advice for those kids is go out and have fun. Again, if you're having fun, you're going to most likely be playing your best. Now, I'm not saying go out and screw around. Because if you're doing that, then that's different. But go out and have fun. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna land wherever you land. So just go out again, do your best, as you said. Um, work hard every shift, and but have fun. You know the older the older levels where we're talking like you know probably like 14 U and up. Um, I mean, I mean still the same thing. Have fun, do your best. But at that at that point, really hone in on um, you know doing your best every shift. And, you know, making sure that if you make a mistake, you know what, you, you, you don't dwell on it. You let, don't, don't live in the past, move forward. Um, and again, that's what I, as a coach, as a scout, when I was out looking at players, 
you know, the big thing is like, okay, so, you know, this guy, number whatever, 92, he, you know, he made a mistake here. You know, how, how does he, what's his body language like? What's he going to do afterwards? Um, does he go back out and try it again? And Hey, maybe whatever he was trying to do that it didn't work or he got walked or whatever. This time he didn't, he learned like, those are the things I'm looking for. Um, and that would be the advice is, you know what, just go out and give your best effort and let the chips fall where they may. Um, there are things that are in your control and not in your control. Um, for the parent standpoint, you know, I agree. It's, you know, if you're, I still feel like during tryout season, if you're evaluating programs, it's kind of a little too late. Um, you know, you should be doing your homework prior to tryouts. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, though, go and be a parent. Be supportive of your kid. Um, you know, whatever, any level that it is. Be supportive of them. Um, and you know what? Again, let the chips fall where they may. You know, don't. My biggest thing that I've dealt with is when team selection comes out, you know, you've got... Again, we I always ask for the 24-hour rule. Unfortunately, the club that I used to work for when I was director, they only had 24 hours to accept the spot. Or the, if they didn't, they would get their money back. So, unfortunately, you've got now pissed-off parents who are coming off super hot if their kid didn't make the team that they think they should be on. Um, you know, so... And there's ways to go about it. If you're unhappy, that's fine. I totally understand. Nobody, There's going to be selections that even as coaches, it's very tough. I hate tryout season. Honestly, I hate tryout season <laughs> because for me, I mean, you know, with... And again, you've gone through it. Um, you know, right now at the junior age, you're, you're able to sign players, so you're not fully, you know, but... And again, I'm not taking anything away from you, but like I have to pick this upcoming fall. I'm going to have to pick, you know, 13, 14, uh, 2014 players and a goalie or two. <laughs> new, completely brand new team, new slate. Like, I'm going to have sleepless nights because I, I don't want to cut these kids. Yeah, I get that I, for sure. I, I don't want to do that, but. I also have to do what's best for the organization, for that team, but also for those kids. And if I don't think a kid's in the right spot, if I, you know, I got it. And then I think someone else is better, you know, again, younger ages, it's a little different, you know, older ages, you look more into the character and stuff, but I got to do what's best for the team. And I've always hated tryouts time while it's exciting. It's also very anxiety uh, invoking for us as coaches. So I can only imagine what parents go through. So when they're basically, when you're, if you're pissed off, you're unhappy or you've got questions, you can do, go about it one of two ways. You can sit here, you can make phone calls and emails and just be real nasty or, and again, that just makes the situation worse. Or you can go about it and say, Hey, you know what? I see my kid didn't make this team. Can you provide any input, you know, provide any type of reasoning behind it? I would gladly deal with that parent than the one that's about to come over and cut my head off. Like literally not even rip it off, cut it off. Cause they're just psycho about how angry they are. <laughs> so again, my advice to parents, the chips fall where they may go be a parent, encourage your kid. They make a mistake, pick them up. Don't just, Oh, you should have done this. Or the coach is looking for that. Just be a parent. Let them, let them have fun. I couldn't agree more. You know, that, that brings us another, you know, a topic of conversation in terms of trial advice. Okay. You know, a tryout advice you could give to a kid who's entering, you know, a scenario where he may be trying out for a new team or is looking for a new team. You know, what should that player be looking for when they choose a program? What, what would what 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 kind of things is important to a player and that goes in the process of choosing a program? Is it oh I made the top level team at this this level should I go there or is it like I want to go here? What what goes into that thought process of choosing a program? Your thoughts, Trevor? I think with I think with the younger players, I mean it really a lot of it again is just kind of what, what where my friends are at and then whatever mommy and daddy want me to do. Um, I think with the older players though, I think a lot of it comes down to opportunity. Um, opportunity, but also friends. I mean, I've, I've talked with players in the last couple of weeks that I coached this past season, talked with them and their parents, you know, like what, you know, what do we do? And I'm just like, well, 
what do you want to do? What is your, what is your ultimate goal here? You know, and realistic goal and, you know, and go from there. And we've talked through all the different decisions, but if it's to play at the you know highest level, look, you know, look where you can possibly make that. Um, look at the openings, you know, get your ear to the ground, talk to the coaches. Hey, my son would really love to play at this program, you know, what what are you realistically looking for the you know coming back you know is there any opportunities and again the good coaches that are out there will tell you like hey you know what i just had a great season with this group of kids i think one or two are going to be leaving so i might have two spots or they'll be up front and say i don't have any spots or the bad coaches are the ones who are just in it because hey we can get that uh, tryout fee you know, they'll be sitting there like, oh, yeah, just bring your kid out. There's plenty of opportunities, you know. Um, that brings up another good good point. Uh, tryout fees. Tryout fees. <laughs> um, yeah. So with the Wolves, I've always viewed tryout fees are like, I just want, I want to cover the ice. I never want, I never charge 100 bucks or 150 bucks. I've seen 75, 200 bucks, all sorts of different financial obligations for for parents who already paid X amount of tuition for like travel a for a fee, you yeah. like a pre-draft tryout <laughs> where you got to pay for, you know, just for your tier three tryout. Ugh, don't, I think yeah. it's, a, I, yeah. think, I think it's absurd. I think really you want to get, you know, you charge, we, we charge money. We had, we had our tryouts this, this week and last week for our youth programs and we charge 20 bucks, you know, and, it, and God, it, it's nothing, it, but it's, but it's something like that says, well, you're committed to coming here. Like we know that you're registering online, so it's not like we have 40 kids showing up in the door. And I don't know who's coming. It's like you're right. ob- you're obligate you're fulfilling an obligation. You're coming here. We expect you here, but it's not like you know, it's 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 not backbreaking. And I just want we want to have an opportunity where kids can come in for a small fee that they can try out. And if they make the team, great. If they don't, it's not like, well, I just wasted hundred you know hundred bucks on this program and I'm not even playing there. You know, right, but right. some organizations look at that completely differently. They look at it as an opportunity for a moneymaker for their program. And uh, I think they're really missing the boat. And again, I think it's, it depends on where you're at. Like we've, you know, I said before here in Chicago, we would hold our tier two tryouts in like September, August. They pushed it back a couple of years to August. Um, where you kind of had to put down like a, it was like your deposit for the tryout fee. And if you didn't make the team, you would get your money back. And we're talking like maybe 200 bucks or something, but you made a team that would go directly to your fees already. So it was like just built in where, you know, but we also did that because you'd get these kids that were, you know, these parents that had visions of grandeur out there who would sit there and be like, well, my kid should have been on this team. We're going to go jump to so-and-so and play over there. Then, well, it's like, okay, we're counting on you, you know, to fill a roster spot. And if I cut a kid already and you don't take the spot, like now I, what, you know, I'm in a situation of, well, I got to call a kid who got cut and offer them a spot. Like, yeah, you know, that's, really tough. that's a tough, and that's a tough situation. So sure. then it's like, all right, well, you don't have to pay anything else, but you're, we're keeping that, you know, that fee. So it does kind of buy them in. So I guess it, it depends on the situation, but for you guys, I mean, you know, you're, you're having your tryouts now and or you already had your tryouts. I mean, again, 20 bucks, again, different situation, I think different yeah. scenario, but, um, you know, I know there's clubs that make you drop even more out here. That's like insane. we're talking like 500 bucks or even a, even like a grand, just, uh, you know, and again, wow. it's to hold your spot so that you don't jump somewhere else because you didn't like what you got. I, I mean, I get, I get the, get why they're doing it. But I just don't like it. No, I don't either. And I think the problem is that out here, and especially in Illinois, we've got too many damn teams. Yeah. Every, I mean, we've got one one club just merged with another one last year, and they're in the process of doing that because a company that I will not name just came in and bought an, uh, two facilities, and they want to start their own new charter that was already had in that facility at the rink already had a double-A program. Is that the Darth Vader of all uh, hockey companies? Owns 30, <laughs> 36 ranks or something like this? Yeah, might be. Uh, yeah, something dum, along dum, those lines. Dum, yeah. dum, <laughs> there might be a roar in there, too. Um, 
But it's again, it's just like that. And now, since you know, with the Hawks doing the way that they are at the NHL level, you know, hockey's not the flavor of the month anymore. So now we had this giant influx of kids in the last ten years, and it's it's kind of dwindled down. And now this this is why everybody's pulling kids, and you've got people recruiting and everybody betting those rules, and it's it's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys? So you just have your double a tryouts for this upcoming fall slash winter season right you just had them yeah we just had in the last two weeks we have you know we have a you know we have a um a rule at the rink that we can't offer younger levels that may change in the coming years uh, we've done a good job with our midget age teams uh with mm-hmm. 16u with 18u we actually have two 18u's but they're at different levels uh, and we had all three of those teams tryouts i expect our teams to be really good next year really competitive we're not cutting that many of kids, but we're, you know, I always tell kids at, at the tryouts that, you know, if, if there's not an opportunity here, you can email me and I'll, I'll try to find you a home. And, uh, I, I genuinely keep to that. You know, there's a lot of small town organizations north of us that are always looking for players. And if I can push that kid onto another program and it can give him an opportunity to get ready for his high school season or just have a hockey experience in general, I generally like to do that. Um, I try not to be Darth Vader. That's um, I. I don't know if I'm quite Luke, Luke Skywalker. You know, I don't have the, I don't have as much hair as him, but uh, I do. I, I do the best I can. You have hair, <laughs> but I mean that's good though that you're pushing kids to other programs where instead of just trying to like, oh, you're done, you're done. I had a conversation with a parent who coached a couple. You know, I won't say how long ago, but long. It was a few years, past few years ago, and I asked him. I said. You know, he had one of the double A teams that were a higher level um, at a different club. And I just said, hey, you know, what are you doing with your, uh, you know, the kids you cut? You know, how how do those phone calls go? And he goes, what phone calls? I was like, what do you mean what phone calls? Like, he's like, oh, I, I don't say anything to him. I don't tell him. I'm like, what about if the kid played for the team last year? Oh, oh well. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you not? And again. If you're cutting like, you know, 40 kids, 30 kids, what? okay, that's different. But if you're talking about five or six kids, and again, this part of the job sucked. Oh, like, yeah. I, didn't, I did not, not like fun. it. We would call every family. And it would be probably, you know, a couple hours after the tryout. And just be like, hey, you know, Billy didn't make the team. Um, you know, we are, we'll make sure you get your money back. Um, you know, if you've got any questions or anything, you know, please give us, you know, 24 hours and we can try and give you some info. And, you know, I get yelled at by parents, you know, I came with the territory, but, uh, yeah, that's not easy. No, but when you, you know, you kind of just like, ah, oh, I'm not going to take the kid. Like that sucks. Like, and again, now this year for me, this fall, you know, here, here I am saying what I just said. I got a bunch of kids that are going to be trying out for my team that, you know, I, I'm going to have to cut. And, you know, those families, if they want to reach out, I'll make it known that, hey, you can reach out to me um, and ask. But give me some time, like give me 24 hours because I've got to set up everything with the kids that I currently now have. And now I got to go through and, you know, make sure that I got my notes in order. And I want to make sure I give you the best information possible about your child, what they need to work on. But I also got to focus on the kids that I have, too. So now what? What would you say that, um, you know, what would you say is like the, uh, the average turnaround and the average turnover, what would you say? Like, uh, how quickly do you get that information out to parents and how, how many kids from one year to the next get turned over on your rosters? So speaking when I'll use my previous club that I was with, because this one's still pretty, pretty fresh because I've jumped down levels too. Um, Again, the turnover or the turnaround would be after the first, you know, the last night of tryouts, we would have about three nights of 50 minute sessions. Um, and again, by, you know, kind of that the youth levels who you got coming in and it's kind of a little bit of my myths, but, uh, <laughs> you've got an idea, you know, who your who your top, you know, your top two thirds, if not three quarters are going to be, um, but it's those bubble kids. Those are the ones that you're really looking at. Um, so after, after teams are picked, you know, we would go in, 
we had the you know the, the boardroom that we would reserve. Coaches would you know we'd do evaluations. We'd have independent evaluators. You know the kids would have grades, and that was set up so that you know if a kid was ranked, you know we got thirty kids out there and we're splitting them right down the middle. Fifteen skaters on each team. We don't want kid number twenty three who's really who's ranked twenty three number wise. And it's a pretty big gap between him and number 15 to suddenly jump over number 15 for some unknown reason. I mean, we it basically just gives us more credibility and to say, hey, this is what we chose. Now, we did give coaches leeway saying, okay, like, you know, number ranking. And again, I just I just actually had it because I was talking to a couple uh, people uh, about just tryout season. Um, but we just evaluated your forward skating, backward skating, puck handling, shooting, um, competitiveness, you know, compete level, defensive play, maybe hockey sense. And that's seven things that was graded over the course of three nights, you know, and you, you didn't grade who's taller. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we didn't do that. We didn't grade, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, who's got the heavier. Well, I mean, we grade the shots, but you know, just, it was just sh- all shots in general, but yeah, no, no, we didn't do the taller. We didn't do, uh, <laughs> You know, who skated coast to coast, end to end. Uh, that wasn't one of them. Well, I remember uh, last year at the, you know, a tryout, I was just for, for uh, at, at the rink here in, in Laconia, and I was commenting on somebody, uh, and we were looking at similar players. And I said, well, that kid's a good little skater. Just kind of give my little input as I walk up to the office. And he's like, yeah, but he's just he's just way bigger. And I was like, we're looking at eight U kids. It's like, <laughs> that, kid, that kid is a pylon. He's a big pylon. And that right, kid yeah, skate. Great. Yeah, I'd probably take the kid against skate. I don't know. Right. Call me crazy. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. No, not at all. No, no. And again, so we would compile the numbers just to make sure. Again, we're transparent. It's fair. We wouldn't give parents the numbers that the kids got so that they couldn't compare with other people. But we did it with oversight. Um, we used independent evaluators as well. So long story short, we'd go in. Whatever kids didn't make a team. Um, like I said, I'd wait a couple hours depending on the time and make the phone calls. If it was way too late at night, I'd wait, wait till the morning, make the phone calls. And then once every player had been notified, um, and sometimes it would be like, all right, look, I've called twice. Now I got to leave a voicemail, another voicemail about calling me back. We can't wait any longer. Here we go. We'd probably post it by. Uh, depending on the day. So if it was like a Friday, we'd try and wait till like four o'clock, five o'clock because kids now have iPads and cell phones and, you know, laptops at school and they're refreshing the, the club's page every, you know, 10 seconds to see if anything changed to see if what team they're on. So we would hold off to then, but if it was a weekend, you know, we just fired away once everybody had been notified and we, we still did that after that as well, uh, before if it was a weekday, but we just made sure that it was later, but uh, turnover turnover wise with kids, I mean, my last year with the program, uh, actually, I was, as I was looking for my ten ninety nine, so I knew my taxes. I came across uh, one of my drawers, uh, the score sheet from the last game that I coached with the club, um, and I'm looking at all the names, and I'm like, you know, here's a kid who never played, you know, when he was a squirt, when he was a mite, when you know, even a peewee. He didn't play travel, and now all of a sudden he is one of the best kids in the club, and he's on this team. So turnover-wise, you know, you'd see it over the course of the years. It was just gradual. And again, as I've said before, you know, your best mites are not going to be your best squirts. Or sorry, your best are not always going to be your best bantams, midgets. Um, you know, so and that's kind of my thing with the whole AAA thing. But yeah, sure. you know, what what has your experience been with the uh, tryouts? You know, I'm in a similar ballpark. It's you know, it's never a good experience. It's, it's never a lot of fun, really. Um, you know, we try to have good competitive teams, but we also we're in a small community here, so we have to pull in from other programs, and we try to support those other programs as best we can. Um, you know, I would just say to in general, the kids that like like you said that you can't always um, think this is the end of the road. If you get cut from one team, that should be fuel for setting yourself up to have success with the next team and having a good season ahead and to prove people wrong. And I would say to parents that um, don't, don't consider this like uh, a slap in the face. It's just an evaluation of where your kid's at right now. It doesn't have any impact on where he's going to be in three or four years. 
and it doesn't have any impact on where he was two years ago. So it's where it's an evaluation of where he's at now. Um, but the future and and the and and the future opportunities are all up to him and what you want to invest and what you want to put the time in. Um, you know, there's so many stories. I was actually talking to Tim Kuhns, he's our EHL head coach. We were just mulling around different ideas and he told me he didn't one of his years when he, it was either 10U or, or 9U, he didn't score a goal for the whole year. For the whole year. And he was an NHL draft pick. Uh, the same draft as, as Sidney Crosby. There was guys that picked out of him, behind him that are still playing in the NHL. And he played eight years of pro hockey. He's a national champion at Boston College. And one of his seasons, he didn't score a goal the whole year. So Now he was the goalie, but we don't, we're going to leave that. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> that again, is a fact. He was not the goalie. No, 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 no. But... Again, parents, I mean, again, that's the big thing is even if your kid scores, let's say, three goals in the tryouts and then you're watching because we've done it where we've had closed tryouts. We've done it where we've had open tryouts. And again, when you're trying to push transparency, you do that at the open tryouts uh, where the parents can sit in the stands and watch. And again, now you know they're watching this or they're watching that. <laughs> Funny story. We did closed tryouts one year. And at the rink we were at, they had a fitness center that was – upstairs that was between the two rinks so they had windows that you could see out so we would when i first started they would basically paper over all the doors and stuff so oh, parents God. couldn't see from the lobby right there was a dad who bought a one month membership to the uh fitness center and he parked his ass on a bike in front of one of the windows that they didn't tape over because nobody thought that anybody would be in the fitness center evaluating their kids. And he watched all three nights from there. And it was the funniest thing. He's wearing jeans, uh, you know, nothing that looks like any type of, you know, exercise equipment, sitting on this damn bike for 50 minutes. There's a couple of times where I know that a few of us would just walk over to the window and stand in front of it just to be those guys. But paid for a month of this park district that he's not even doesn't even live in that town wow. never going to use again just so he could watch his kid and this kid ended up on my team the second team so congratulations holy yeah Christ. exactly well i got a funny story that too that so that brings up a hot button topic <laughs> so we had <laughs> we had a we had a coach coach in our program uh he was just this you know completely self-absorbed narcissist who uh felt that every team he coached was only at any win because he was behind the bench. Nah, there's no, those coaches don't exist. So he, he was lucky enough. He has a, he has a, I believe like a 13, 14 year old son now. But when he was seven or eight, he was trying out in our, our rank and he was actively involved in the youth like program in our rank. Now he's like four programs later. He's still kind of in our town, but uh. he was suspended for a year. For, from the from the youth hockey program in our rink because he dunked his kid's head into a trash can after a game and was like this like this is my kid so you know I, he can't tell me what to do and then he was suspended he wasn't allowed to come in the rink like during practice during the, his team's practice but he would watch from <laughs> the zamboni like the exit zamboni door has like holes in the like like a you know what do they call those like a like a garage door that opens has holes. And he oh, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would watch from the outside the rink, you know, in the dead of January in New Hampshire, you know, negative oh 10 outside, God. and he would watch. <laughs> watch watch practice. And I would, like, I would exit the rink because I usually try to sneak out that door not just to avoid conversations with people. Um, and I, <laughs> I would see him. We all have that door. Yeah. <laughs> I would look through the glass and see him. I'd be like, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> he was like, he was like just watching X, Y, and Z. He's he's not working today. He's not working hard enough. I'd be like, oh my god, you are missing the boat. Your kid's gonna, yeah. your kid's gonna hate you if he doesn't already. Yeah, dunking his head in a garbage. Jesus, I know it's it's insane. Some of the stuff you hear, so insane. <laughs> well. Can we implore everyone to improve their parenting skills? Exactly. Yes. Not only coaching, but parenting skills as well. But well that's a good segue. That's a good yeah. segue into our five myths about tryouts today. I only, I know only got two. I think my two are pretty solid. They are. I'm they excited are. about my two. What do you got, Trevor, for number one? Go. All right. So, yeah. On the hot seat here. 
Number one is uh, myths of trout is everyone has a chance. I would love to say that we live in a utopia where it's the truth. Everybody does have a chance. I, as a coach, have always said it's the truth that kids, I coach, I'm trying to give every kid a fair chance. But you have to be realistic as a player, especially at the older ages, to know where you're at. How many kids, as we talked about, how many kids are returning? How many spots are open? You know, you have to be, if you're going to be taking someone's spot, especially for a birth year team that is kids are coming back, not only do you have to be better than them, but you've got to be heads and tails better than them. Because if coach is going to cut a kid that he had the year before, that's that's huge. And again, we're just like anybody else. We don't want confrontation. We don't want the stress and the BS that comes, you know, that in general, I'm not saying it's BS, but that's that's confrontation. Nobody wants to have that conversation. So to say that everyone has a chance to make the top team, I don't think that's fair to say. I also don't think it's fair because I think, as we've already said, if you're taking trying to take someone's spot, a lot of teams are picked early. And again, so know, know where you're at. Know where you're going, as we've said. Kind of do your own homework, parents for the younger ages. If you want your kid to play on that top team, find out what they're looking for. Talk to the hockey director. Talk to the you know the coach in a, an appropriate manner. But again, not a, realistically, not every kid has a chance. And I would say to that, like uh, the tryouts are a test, right? And if you don't do the studying and the paying attention going into that test, no matter how hard you apply yourself for the test, if you don't know the information, you're not going to pass. So really, you know, you've got to make sure that going into a tryout, you're realistic with your assessment. You you want to be in that program. Uh, and then, you're, you know, your kid really wants it and is working hard towards that goal of making that team. If they don't really want it, then go for a lower level team. And if they, you know, maybe some kids are house seed players because they, they, they don't want it that to that extent. So I would say, like, right. you know, it's, it's a test and the, the tryout is the payoff. So and again, if you don't make, oh, make that top team, sorry, if you don't make that top team and you get bumped down to the bottom team, that's okay too. You know, again, if I'm, I'm not going to take a kid and take him just to take him because it's going to hurt his development. I, I, if he's not going to be ready to play or she's not going to be ready to play at that level, I'm not going to take you. It's plain and simple. I've had those conversations with the director or the board members saying, well, you know, we budgeted for this amount. Well, guess what? This kid, it's, it, it's not going to work out. And while it's my job to coach them up, there's only a certain level. And again, if there's a huge drop off from that bottom spot to that next spot, I'm not going to take you. I can't. Like it, it, It's not fair to the rest of the team and it wouldn't be fair to yourself. So, all right. Sorry. Number two. No, but uh, actually to reinforce, you brought up a great point. So, uh, I've done some, been, had the opportunity to do some camps with USA Hockey in the, in the Southern District and also at the Rocky Mountain District. Uh, you know, not to like, awesome. be a, not to be a douche or anything like that, but uh, no, those are awesome. That's that's fantastic. So, but we have a great director down in the in the South District, and he'll ask, well, what do we, you know, we we have we have six spots for this this birth year. We have six forward spots, three defenseman spots, and one goaltender spot. Um, and you know, we're looking at our guys, maybe if there's only, if there's four really top kids and then two that are way far behind, they'll say, what do you think of those last two? And sometimes they'll only take four and they'll give those two spots to another district within that, that affiliate, another affiliate within mm-hmm. that district. And yeah. inevitably it opens up a spot. Maybe there's another goaltender who's right on the heels of that number one, or maybe there's another defenseman who's right on the heels of that third defenseman who can get in now because they, they just maybe are really good in one position. So I think that that honesty and that evaluation that makes a big difference because um, at all levels, it really does. But you know as well as I do that there are clubs out there that are taking that 14th, 15th, 16th kid knowing that they're not going to be as good, but they're doing it just because, hey, you know what? They look at it as a dollar sign sitting on the bench. And that's bullshit. But that's maybe for a different day, but <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the unfortunate part of it is that there's clubs out there that do that and it is what it is. So sorry, no, numero no, dos. That's, that's, uh, that's you, sir. Number two is independent evaluator. 
Uh, I like this idea in principle, but as Bill Parcells said, if you want me to cook dinner, you got to let me buy the groceries. And I am a uh, an advocate that when you look at just the product on the ice, uh, it doesn't always tell the full story. Now, sure, 8U, 10U, that's a little bit different. You know, kids are really, uh, they're still learning. They're with their parents. It's a little bit different. Um, but, you know, you want to, you're, you're, when you're, when you're, Opening up a contract for a kid, you're opening up a contract for that entire family. And you want to make sure that you have good chemistry in the room. You can have kids that are all kind of uh, working together that are not, there's not some kids who are discipline issues. And there aren't some parents who are discipline issues. So I would say the independent evaluator is great, but it's not a deal breaker. If your program offers, doesn't offer independent evaluators, they're looking the coaches, they're probably looking in the character of the parents as well. And that makes a difference. You want to make sure that you're in a program that is discipline focused, is accountability focused, and focused on getting every kid better. So I like, you know, and again, I like the independent evaluators. Um, and again, as you said, you can use them up to the, to a point. I used them again when we were toward when I was running the tryouts. I used them for just ranking the kids' skills. Yep. You know the, they don't know. Some of them do because you know. Even though they're independent, they might have worked with the kid in the past, depending on who the the evaluator that I was able to get with uh, get to come out. Most of the time, though, it was guys that just had never worked with you know the kids before, um, and it, their job was to look at the skill, look at the effort, and then the coaches and my job as the director, or when I was like, the coach, was to look at the whole picture. Yeah, you know. So if I'm, you know, if I'm cooking the meal. You know, okay, you can pick maybe, you know, hey, what what sides do you think might go well with this? But after that, everybody who's cooking that meal is going to be putting all that together and we'll use those things on the side, you know, those suggestions here and there. And again, sometimes we would, again, we did the number system. We did it where we took out all the numbers of all the coaches and just looked at what the evaluators had. And then sometimes we would put, take out the evaluators and look what the coaches had, you know, to make sure the coaches are ranking kids fairly too. Um, so I do like the independent evaluators, but they're not the end all be all, you know? Sure. And again, it's just kind of more or less there for, as a CYA for the coaches and the, you know, the, just the program in general. All right. What do you got? for uh, Trevor? Number three is uh, again, when it's, what did I put when it's over, it's over. And this kind of goes to, um, you know, the myth is, you know, when, when everything is said and done with your player being selected, it doesn't have to be over in the sense of you can't find out, you know, why they made, didn't make a certain team. Cause again, this is kind of talking more towards the parents of the players that might not make the top team, might not make the team they want. Um, you know, so it's okay to reach out for, you know, to ask for some type of feedback. You have to do it in right, as I said, in the right manner. I don't want I don't want as a coach to be getting as soon as it goes out blasted twenty minutes later in a long ass email about why I'm a terrible coach, why this other kid should have been on the team, this, this, and that. Don't do that. Reach out to me in a pot in a inquisitive but appropriate manner of hey, you know what? Okay, my kid didn't make the team. What does he need to do to to get better? What, what was holding him back? I will answer that question. You might not like the answer I, that I have. And it may piss you off even more, but I'm going to give you that answer. So when when the tryouts are over, it doesn't have to be over, but you got to make sure that you do it in an appropriate manner. And if you just want to want it to be okay, hey, Mike, hey, you know what, you know, what, Jimmy, you didn't make the you got a lot of Timmy's, Billy's, and Jimmy's. I know, but uh, Johnny, you know, Johnny, yeah, hey, you know, you didn't make the team, so you're gonna play on the second team this year. Okay, cool. Let's go grab ice cream. Like that's it. Your thing. That's your thing. If you're one of those over overbearing parents, I guess you could say, who think your kid's going to be playing in the NHL, and you, you know, you really, really need to know, or you could be just a parent who's inquisitive and wants to know. Again, do it the appropriate way. It does. It's not over. Um, you know, and again, it's also not over for the rest of their life. It's one year. You know. For sure. And I also say with with that too. Like, I think at their core, the Parents really know, you know, you really know, like you, you can look and your your kid doesn't always shit rainbows, man. Like 
you know if your kid's not as good, and that's okay. Right now, if your kid's not as good as other kids, that's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not a reflection of you as a parent. It's just like maybe your kid also likes to read books. Maybe he right. likes to like go outside and look at butterflies. I don't freaking know. But like, right. there, it, it's not a reflection of your parenting skills if your kid isn't the best player every single year. And again, as you just said, your kid just to some coaches, your kid just isn't the best player that sometimes they feel like. And that's that's the coach's decision. They're they're not taking the best players. They're trying to take the best team. Absolutely, absolutely. But that being said, for your junior kids, you know, just as a, for those out there, you know, if they don't make a team, do you want you know the kids that make the you know the premier team, you know, and, and they don't make the top team as a coach. And I told this to my cousin the other day who was playing football. Uh, he's going to be a junior, so he'll be eligible to play varsity. I said, what position are you going to play? And he played the last two years as a wide receiver and a cornerback. I said, you know, what position are you going to play? Are you going to start next year? He's like, oh, yeah, we got this, this, this. You know, we did. We went through the whole thing that I would do with a hockey parent. Like, oh, well, we got this many kids coming back, this and that. I said, have you ever gone up and asked the coach, like, hey, you know, what do I got to do to make the team? And he's like – or, you know, get, you know, what do I need to do to get a, become a better player? You know, like for you to, to start possibly next year, like you as a coach, if a kid gets put down at the, on the premier team, what, wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you want that kid to come up to you and ask you afterwards in an appropriate manner? Like, Hey, you know, Hey coach Trimble, what do I need to do so that I can play, you know, next year on this team or get called up, you know, in the middle of the year? What, what am I, what are the weaknesses that I need to do? Yeah, for sure. I love that that feedback. And those conversations are some of the best conversations you can have with a kid. If it's like in the right context. If a kid comes up right. to you right before the game, if you're about to start, oh, yeah. that's, that's no. not a great time. But like on a Tuesday afternoon, hey, coach, I was out of the lineup for this last weekend. Uh, you know, I think I can contribute more to the team. Where do you see my role? What can I do to get more, uh, you know, uh, get in the lineup more? What can I do to get, uh, have a bigger role in the team? Those are good questions. And and sometimes I the love tr- those players. Sure. And sometimes truth hurts, you know, like we had a, I had a conversation with a kid on our premier team and he asked me like, you know, coach, you know, and I, I'm just like an assistant sometimes with the premier team. We have a head coach for that. Um, and he asked me like, Oh, coach, uh, you know, what, can, what, what is, you know, what can I do to get, to get more playing time? And I said, well, you know, you should talk to the head coach. Um, cause this is a kid I recruited. And I said, you should talk yeah. to the coach. But when I saw your film, your recruiting film that you sent me, I saw a really physical, actively engaged player. You sent me a video like four minutes long of mostly you hitting guys and being physical. <laughs> and I haven't seen you hit anybody since since you uh, slammed the door after you you know left your car when you came for training camp. So right, right. You know, like you can be more actively involved. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, you're right." You know, and he had an honest assessment of himself. And I think that that's where you like you get to a really good place is when you can have an honest conversation back and forth. And the kid can have a realization that they can do more. Again, those are the players that I, I've enjoyed working with the most. Um, the kids who, after every game with the older levels, I'd stay. I, I wouldn't go mingle with the parents. I would sit outside the locker room, and I told the kids, "Hey, if you want to talk to me and you know Coach Matt, um, you know, because you're not doing a one-on-one safe sport, you got to make sure you do that, and even yeah. though you're in the hallway, but uh, just say, hey, you know, if you want to talk to us about the game, anything like that." I'm here for you. Like, we'll talk. And the amount of kids that have come up to me, you know, those are the kids who have questions. They're great character kids. Sure. And they get better because they come up and say, hey, coach, I know what I didn't get a lot of ice time today. Uh, you know, or I didn't, or you took me off the penalty kill. You know, what do I need to do? You know, this and that. Or I love that. That that tells me they're learning. They want to learn. They want to get better. You know, it's the kids that just sulk, whatever. I'm going to go get mom and dad's car and we're going to bitch about the coach the whole time. Like (laughs) what? Okay. What is that going to get you? It's going to get you nowhere besides having that shitty attitude. Um, so sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah. What do you got? uh, What do you got for number four coach? You got to score. You got to score. I would say that looking at, (laughs) <laughs> I would say that looking at trials, I'm looking at the overall picture, a kid's overall skill set, their ability to skate, their ability to move the puck, play with their head up, ability to shoot, their compete level, their puck skills, their awareness. I'm looking at all those things. If you score the most, 
I, I don't really count goals and assists at a tryout. I'm looking at their overall picture of their play. So I would say that a kid, yeah, you want to score for sure. You want to score. But if you're neglecting all the other responsibilities that it goes into making a good hockey player, then you're placing the wrong emphasis on your game. You should go out with the opportunity. You're going to work your hardest. You're going to play a complete game. And as a byproduct of that complete game, you're going to try to score, but not just score. Do the whole thing. Absolutely, 100%. I'm I'm not only looking at kids that are putting the pucks in the net. Yeah, that's great. But what are you doing away from the puck? What are you doing? Are you are you back-checking? Because if you're not back-checking, I, I don't have time, really. I mean, unless you are the next Ovechkin, you know, or, or the Ovechkin for that level. Um, I don't have time. Like, I, I need to see that effort. And that was one thing we added at the very end of the uh, – the eval sheet was you could grade a kid on one to three and two being average three being, you know, above well above average one being and that stood for, Hey, it was hustle was if the kid was hustling hard, you gave him a three. The kid was just, okay. Yeah. He's, he's skating. He's working hard, you know, but it's just average Two, The kid just being lazy as shit. You gave him a one. And you know what? Sometimes that could that could make or break a kid, but that was a great indicator for us to sit back there and say, you know what? When a parent would call, hey, you're we're looking at you, your kid. You know, everybody had him didn't think he was hustling really hard, you know, and you know that's a good way to make or break a kid. So yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's not always about scoring goals, you know. Uh, which kind of led to number five, which was I was afraid this might happen, but it didn't. It did and it didn't. So, uh, <laughs> one of my uh, Don Cherry favorite lines here um, was, uh, you know, my thing is you have to do everything. Like you got to go out and do everything. Is you, you know, the the emphasis. Oh, I got do this. I got to do this. I got to be this player. I got to be that player. The big thing, you know, is is um you've probably heard it. You know, if you're going from being a crusher, you're gonna to a rusher, you're gonna end up being an usher. Um, <laughs> in the sense of like, look, play your strengths. I'm not. If you're a defensive defenseman, I don't want you, you know, it's great. You could, okay, try carrying the puck up, but don't be trying to dangle through everybody. Like, move the puck, make the smart play. That's what I want to see. If you are that, you know, Kale McCarr out there who can make those plays and go fucking make those plays. But if you're the Adam Foots or the, you know, I don't know, give me, you know, the Jake McCabe's of the world who are, you know, more defensive, be that guy. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see, again, I don't want to see guys trying to be in roles that they're not suited for because we see it, you know. Now, that doesn't mean, like, if you're a third, fourth line grinder, like, oh, get over the red line, just dump it right away. Well, I mean, chip it if you have to go around a guy and then show us that you're aggressive, you're you're feisty in those corners. That's great. You know, if you're but don't don't be someone you're not. Um and I think a lot of players try to do everything out there just to be noticed. Um and again it comes back to a lot of it is just a lot of kids just try to do everything on the offensive side. I want to see what you can do on the defensive side. You know, can you win those board battles? Can you get yourself in, you know, good position to receive the puck? Um what do you think, coach? I think that's great. I, I couldn't agree more. I remember having a conversation, and I'll mention his name because he remembers the conversation, I'm sure. He played on our EHL League team that in 16-17, uh, Seamus Egan, and I, I referenced uh, Lou Lamarolo quote when I was, I was talking to him, and I said, you know, Seamus, there are, you, you're part of an orchestra, and there are strings, there are horns, and there are percussionists. You're playing right now with a guy on the strings. We have enough strings players on that line. You, you have another guy. He's the horn player. We don't need another horn. We need a percussionist. Now, if you want to be something else, that's fine. But you're probably not going to be on that line. And I think you like playing on that line. But right. if you want to be on that line, you're going to have to find a role. And you're going to have to be a percussionist. You're going to have to be physical. You're going to have to get pucks in deep. You're going to have to win your battles. And you're going to have to be steady each and every shift. And yep. uh, he got that point, and he played well, and he was a nice player who ended up playing uh, at, in college hockey for us. And uh, we wish him wish him luck in his – he's probably in the business world now, about 25 or 26. And big shout-out to Sheamus. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, it's – I think these are all 
I think this has been a very, you know, I know we didn't have any uh, guests for this one. I think it was a little bit more of a raw discussion for us just to talk about a whole kind of rift on a bunch of different things. I think I've really enjoyed this uh, this topic, especially because, you know, on the East Coast, there's teams that are doing their tryouts out here in the Midwest. A lot of the Tier 1 teams are going to be doing their tryouts in about a month or so. Um, and then we got tryouts that are going to be happening you know, in the fall. Um, so there's always tryouts everywhere. I think this is one that'll, uh, that'll definitely sit well over time. What do you think, coach? I can agree more. And I hope that kids, you know, take some of this information and apply it to their games. And then I also hope that parents, uh, get a deeper understanding of what a tryout's all about. What, what, nobody's trying to hurt your kid. That's the last thing we want to do. But we want to yeah. put yourself in a position, your kid for success. And if your kid is picked for the second team, we probably think that's the best fit for him. And he can have a great year playing on that second or third team. And that's where he fits right now. And it doesn't mean it's the end of the road. There's opportunities in the future. It's up to him. Absolutely. Well, I think that uh, wraps up episode number 11 here with the uh, hockey toolkit. Uh, anything else you want to add coach before we sign off here? No, it's uh, you know, hope everybody has a happy St. Patrick's day. That's big in Chicago, oh. right? <laughs> the river's already green. So, uh, yeah, that unfortunately I was out of town. I missed it though. I've never actually seen it in person. I guess I'll have to put that on my list for next, it's a bucket next list, year. Bucket list. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, how's the, uh, uh, the hockey planner. I'm loving it. You're pumping stuff out now, like daily. Thanks, man. I actually have, I've, I've worked out a secret thing. That's my, it's my Sunday nights, man. I, I put all five stories up there in the week and I am, you know, I like it. I got a good system for it. Works out pretty well. I got a good one coming on Monday too. You're going to want to read Mondays. I'm reading them every day anyway. So, um, but yeah, if you're out there listening and you have not subscribed to that, please type in the, uh, the hockey planner. Um, uh, you can type in Google and type in, I would add Substack and it'll probably pop right up there. We'll also link it in the show notes and on Twitter. So, uh, coach, great talking to you and, uh, hope, Hope you have a good rest of your week and we'll uh we'll see everybody next time.